yesterday. You know, it's, it's one of those uh, downsides when you know a person for uh, almost half your life. Uh, <clears throat> Greetings to all of you in the precious name of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Even though I've been here a little over three months, I still bring you greetings from the, the believers at Edmonds Lane Bible Chapel uh, in Dallas. Um, and I've, I've, uh, I've enjoyed the fellowship here with the saints as well. Um, I've enjoyed every bit of it. And like Joe Chachin uh, reminded, uh, my assignment maybe for two years, uh, but uh, we leave it to the Lord to decide uh, what he wants to do with us and to use him for his glory wherever we are placed. The message that I have uh, to share today is not your typical exhortation. It is more uh, of a testimonial message based on the experience that the Lord has led us through as a family. The hymn we sang today says, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know, thus saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him over and over. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh for grace to trust him more. Shall we look to the Lord in prayer? Our dear Lord, our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for giving us one more privilege this morning to remember, Lord, and to be able to sing along with the, the hymn writer, this is my song, this is my story. Lord, how precious it is to know that you've made us holy and blameless, and you've made us complete in him, and you've given us the privilege this morning to remember and to worship this risen Savior, this Savior who is mine. We thank you, Lord, for this time to, to listen to your word. Pray, Lord, that you will speak through me, that you will give each one of us the heart and the ear to listen and understand. Pray, Lord, that you will continue to work in each one of us. We ask and pray all this in the precious name for dear Lord and ever Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The song that we sang, Jesus, Jesus, How I Trust Him, was written by a sister, Louisa, M.R. Stead in the 1800s. If you think about the song, it is a precious song to, to know how much this Jesus means to you and I. But for those that may not know the history behind the song, the song was written by the sister when she truly understood how much Jesus meant to her. She lost her husband in a very tragic event. And then she was left to fend for herself and her child. And when, when she got into uh, desperate times, she saw how the Lord sustained her. And that's when she penned down this beautiful poem, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word." Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. 
2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3. It says again, You therefore must end your hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Ask yourself a question today. Can you trust in Jesus when things go wrong? Ask yourself the question, how can I trust in Jesus when something terrible happens? In the example of this sister, she lost her husband. She did not know a way forward. Ask yourself that question. Is Jesus precious to you? Can you trust him over and over? Can you trust him at his word? Can you hold on to that faith that you have? Many years ago, several of you may remember the day when, when you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal savior. The joy that you had. I still remember that day when I accepted the Lord as my personal savior. It was joyous. But little did I know that that life was not going to be the most pleasant life. There is no guarantee anywhere in the scripture that says that you, go, you are going to leave, uh, live a life that is full of peace. And like what the word says, a bed of roses. There is no guarantee there. The promise is there that you will have peace. As the scripture says, you therefore must end your hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. What does that tell you? It tells that you will suffer. You will have difficulties coming your way. But are you able to still Praise the Lord. The title I gave to my message today is Trusting in Jesus Christ, my Savior, my friend. This morning, we looked at that first aspect of that. My Savior, the one who gave his life for me, the one who gave his life for you, the one who purchased you. The one who made you holy and blameless. Yes, he is my savior. And we all hold on to that. Every person here that has accepted the Lord Jesus as their personal savior can confidently say that he is my savior. But the second part is what we want to focus today. Jesus Christ, is he your friend? Is Jesus Christ someone that you can trust him over and over again? Turn with me to James chapter 1 and verse 2 to 4. James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4. I will read a lot of verses. I could not give all the verses to the dear brother who helped with the reading today. James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4. Brethren... Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. 
I stand before you here as a, as a testimony of the Lord's mercies. Many years ago, several of you may know the story. We as a family had our time of trials. My wife and kids on, on, a, on a very simple Friday evening met with a, a car accident. I was at work looking forward to my weekend. It was Friday. It was approximately 3 p.m. I get a call from my wife, or so I thought. And I answered the call, assuming that, you know, she's just inquiring what time I would be home. It takes me about 30 minutes to drive home. But the person on that phone, even though it was my, my wife's phone number, was a random male. So I, I didn't think much. I asked, yes, what's going on? And said, hey, um, how quickly can you get to this part of town? I said, I should be able to get there in about 30 minutes. I said, yeah, please come, but this is where I want you to come. It's the hospital. And I asked, is everything okay? I said, I just need you to come there quickly. And the person refused to answer. It was a police, and he refused to answer anything but just get there as quick as possible. So I thought, okay, let me get there quickly. Maybe they got into some kind of a, a trouble. So I, I, I rushed, um, only to find out that they were in a pretty bad wreck because I passed that way and I saw my car uh, on the side of that road. It was not the pleasant sight you wanted to see. The next 10 minutes of my drive, my, my mind was filled with all kinds of thoughts like, That's, if that is the shape of my car, what has happened to my family? Four of my kids were in that car as well. My little one, Ruthann, she was seven months old at that time. So as I rushed into that hospital, I was greeted by one of my cousins who had asked to, uh, to get there as well. And I was glad to see four of my children uh, in, in their hospital scrubs with the doctor. And at least I knew, okay, they were good. Everything is fine. The doctor said, everything is fine. I want you to sit down. Uh, but your wife is being looked at. After about an hour or two, they allowed me to go in and, and see Rachel. It was not the sight that, that a husband wanted to see. It was not the sight that anybody would want to see. She didn't look the same. And I was told she had traumatic brain injury. There's multiple fractures to the skull. Uh, potential uh, paralysis. Uh, because it was fractured to her hips. And I just sat there looking at her, not knowing what, what the next minute's going to be like. Because all the doctor said is, we're going to try, but you need to inform your parents, you need to inform all uh, the near and dear ones, because this doesn't look good. Imagine your world coming apart. Imagine being able to sing, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." Just like Job in his life went through difficulties, the questions that came in Job's mind, 
by all means, I had nothing close to what Job experienced. But the questions that came into my mind were exactly like his. Because the next moment is not yours. Your life is going to look different. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. The Lord put our family through a pretty difficult situation. He allowed it to happen. It took me a while to comprehend it. It took me a while to understand why me. Doesn't matter how strong you are in your faith. You start just like Job. You start by, by thanking the Lord. You start acknowledging him for what he has done in your life, knowing very well that, Lord, you know the reason. I am not worried. After a while, it hits you hard. It took me almost a day before I fell apart. But I'm a guy. No one's going to see me cry. No one's going to see me uh, break down. My heart was torn apart, and I was crying before the Lord. I don't know how many times I read the entire book of Job during that uh, few weeks, trying to understand, trying to put logic into what was happening. No matter how beautiful this hymn is, it's one of my favorite hymns, couldn't comprehend how is it possible? How can you trust in him? How can you trust in his word? Over and over. And here I am with just one circumstance in my life. And I feel like, like something has fallen apart. My faith. What is happening? Trials. They teach us patience. It doesn't make sense to this world. To the people around us. To, to look at us and say... How is it possible that you can say that you thank the Lord during this time of difficulty? How can someone say, when they look at this dear sister Louisa to say, to, to, to praise him? How can they say that, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him over and over. Can the world look at you today and say that? It is difficult. But when God is with you, he gives you that peace. He gives you that strength. As we read earlier today, cast all your burdens unto Jesus. And he will sustain you. He will sustain you. That is the only reason. That is the only way that we can make sense of anything. When God gives these trials in your life, and if there's any one of you here that, that is thinking right now that I have not had any trials in my life, well, just be patient. Just wait for it. If the Lord loves you, and He does, if you are able to call Him my Savior, I can guarantee you He will work in you. He will he will refine you like the refiner's fire. 
And when that day comes, you should be able to say, I trust in him. And I trust in him over and over. My dear believers, trials will teach us patience. Because he wants us to mature in him. Because he wants us to trust in him. Because he wants you and me to be molded like him. Can you imagine God, the creator, coming down into this world in the form of a servant, in the, in the form of a human being? That is not something you can imagine. But he did. He left the glories of heaven to come down into this world. And he hungered. He thirsted. He suffered. He was mocked. He was insulted. Can you imagine that? This, this Sunday, as we were driving to church, we saw a lot of people walking around with palm leaves. It's Palm Sunday. Think back to that day when, when the Lord Jesus Christ was triumphantly entering into Jerusalem. All these people were singing, Hosanna, Hosanna. And they were laying down these palm leaves. They, they, were, they were praising this person, this king. Very shortly after, what did they do to the same person? They shouted, crucify him, crucify him. Can you imagine that? Today you're being praised for who you are, and tomorrow you're going to be crucified? If our Lord Jesus Christ can go through that suffering, we as believers will have trials in our life. And that is why James says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Job said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He also said, Shall we receive the good at the hand of God, and not receive the bad? Typical response. Exactly what I thought when I went through that challenge in my life. When I went through that trial. The first thought, as a believer, the Lord knows what he's doing. I trust in him. But there is a real hurt and despair that Job himself hid when he was saying that. Initially, the Lord allowed Satan to go and touch everything that Job had. But as it went on and on and on, you wonder, why, Lord, why would you do something like the Job over and over again? You, you've taken away his wealth. He was one of the, the richest business person there in that time of the world. He took away all his belongings, everything that he ever achieved in this world. And then he takes away his family. And then he has his wife who, who says, just curse the Lord and just die. Not only did he lose everything, he, he had this disease on him. That nobody would want to even be near him. So you wonder, why, Lord? Why? What's going on here? What is, what is the intent behind this? And just like Job, you realize that 
we just cannot understand everything. Our minds cannot comprehend what the Lord has intended for us. Job says in 12, chapter 12, verse 13 to 16, To God belong wisdom and power. Counsel and understanding are His. What He tears down cannot be rebuilt. The man He imprisons cannot be released. If He holds back the waters, there is drought. If He lets them loose, they devastate the land. To Him belong strength and victory. Both deceived and deceiver are His. The Lord's purposes are greater than you and I can imagine. And these trials in our life teach us about patience. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 15 reads, for we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. 2 Corinthians 2 and verse 15. Again it reads, For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. I ask the question, what will the world tell? What will the world share when they see you going through these difficulties. Trials, they mold us to become the fragrance of Christ. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ, to those who are saved and among those who are perishing. There's the second answer as to why there are trials in your life. One, it teaches us patience. It teaches us to, to wait on the Lord. Now, the scripture says, it molds us to become the fragrance of Christ. When, when Job got to a state where his friends and his wife, everyone started rebuking him and, and telling him all these things that Probably Job was ready to, to just end this conversation. He was ready to give up. There comes Elihu's rebuke. He says, yes, you're going through all the suffering. It is to demonstrate God's glory. It is to demonstrate God's value in your life. But as it's continuing, Job, my friend, you're going through this because God wants to refine you as a righteous person. Job was righteous, but still God wanted to take away what little pride he had in himself. What little pride lay hidden in his heart. And the Lord worked in him. Eventually, we see Job became a broken person, completely broken, but changed. Trials mold us to become the fragrance of Christ. Peter said that. Peter eventually understood things. He said, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. Believers, 
when you go through trials in your life, when you go through difficulties in your life, remember this, that he is molding you so that you can become that fragrance of Christ. So that the people around you, the ones that are perishing, the ones that are sitting around you today, the ones that are saved, can experience and can smell that fragrance of Christ through your lives, through my life. And that is the second purpose for that trials, so that we become that fragrance of Christ. Second Corinthians chapter one, reading from verses three and four. Second Corinthians chapter one, verses three and four. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. 2 Corinthians 1, reading verse 3 and 4. I'll read verse 4 again. Who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. An immature heart, an immature life is not fit or is not qualified to comfort others. You and I would not go to a child to ask wisdom on how to run uh, an event or how to, how to run a business. You would go to someone who is experienced. You would perhaps go to someone who has failed in their business to learn what would you do differently. Similarly, trials, they equip us. They equip us to help those that are around us. Trials, they teach you and us, you and me, patience. Trials mold us to become that fragrance of Christ. And now trials, it equips us so that we can help those that are around us. My dear believers, when you and I go through trials in our lives, and you may wonder, why, Lord, is this happening to me? Take joy in the fact that he is molding you. Take joy in the fact that he is equipping you. His purpose is much greater. And when he is done molding you, when he is done refining you, you will come out perfect. Trials equip us to help those that are around us. Job tasted and saw the Lord was good. There is nobody on earth that you can compare to Job. The amount of trials he went through, the difficulties he went through is unimaginable. And here Job says, that, that he knows who God is. He understands that God is good. Scriptures oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And my believers, my fellow believers, understand that. What does it mean by saying, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good? It's very simple. You and I can sit here all day long imagining 
if I put a piece of candy over here, we can imagine all day long, we can explain everything about that candy, that it is great, but until and unless someone takes it and puts it in their mouth and starts enjoying it, you will never know what that candy tastes like. Same way, you and I can read scriptures all day long, but the moment you start experiencing him in your life, in my life, that's when you know that the Lord is good. You get to taste him. You get to taste his goodness. And you get to know how he is good. Now you are equipped. Now you are prepared. Now you can go to those that are around you. Those that are saved and those that are perishing. And express and, and, and share the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. And now you can truly say, just like Louisa said in her life, where she experienced the same thing. That God is good. And she could say, I trust him over and over. And that can be the testimony of our lives. When trials test you, when, when it gives you that patience that is needed, when it makes you molded into that fragrance of Christ, and when trials uh, equip you so that you can bless those that are around you. That's when you know that you are ready. That's when you know that you're ready. But the beauty of this whole thing is God is still working in you. He's still working in me. We are far from being perfect. The song goes, right? He's still working on me. And that story will continue. Just because I've gone through one stage of trials in my life as a family doesn't mean that I'm done. So it's not one of those check the box things. There was a lesson, there was, there was a molding that needed to happen. There was an equipping that needed to happen. And that experience we went through as a family. For 40 days, my wife was in the hospital. For 20 days, she was in the, uh, the NICU or the, the critical care uh, unit. We did not know what the next day would look like. Every day was a miracle for us. Every day we experienced God's grace. Every day we experienced what it means to trust in Him. Every step meant what it mean, meant to trust in Him. Every day of that journey was, was a decision to be done. Every day we had to make a decision. What are we going to do with the bleeding in her brain? Here, sign off this paper because the doctors want to operate on it. What am I signing off? I'm signing off that they're not responsible if she passes away on that table. But what can I do? I had nothing. Simply trusting in Jesus. And that was our story. 20 days. And then finally we got the glimpse of hope that said, She's going to survive. She's going to make it. But, there's always a but. We don't know about her ability to walk anymore. She needs surgery on her, one of her hip bones. So far, there's no movement in her legs. So we don't know if her spine is damaged. 
Okay, what next? Well, here's another paper, please sign it. What is this? She has to go into a seven hour, seven hour uh, surgery to repair her uh, hip uh, and, and the bones associated with it. Okay, let's do it. Again, not knowing what am I signing off? I am not a medical professional. Neither did the doctors who are medical professionals. They themselves did not know the outcome of it. And all I can say is trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I did that not out of my own strength. Truly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Truly the strength and power of the prayers that every believer around the world sustained us with. As, as the burdens around us are difficult, the Lord says, cast your burdens on the Lord and He will sustain you. Yes, yes, that is true. You cast your burdens on the Lord. But there is also a, a scripture that says, bear one another's burdens. And that is the, the, uh, the humble request for every one of us here. That is the, the one requirement that we have, that we, we bear one another's burdens. Not only are we committing and casting all our burdens to the Lord, but we are bearing one another's burden. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Now that is the joy we have. No matter what circumstance you go through, you have the assurance to know that He works all things together for good in your life, including what you're going through right now. Whatever trouble you're going through right now, whatever trials you may be going through right now, things that you may have shared with someone, things that may be hidden in your heart that's aching you today. Believers, let me say, trust that He is working all things for good in your life. Isaiah 41 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen and help you. I will hold you with my righteous right hand. That is the strength we have. That this God who came down in this world to save sinners like us, He is the one that is going to give you and me the strength. And Psalms 145 says, The Lord is near to all those who call on Him. And that's the assurance we have. Yes, trials will come in your life. There's a purpose for all those trials. But He is with you. He will never leave your side. As we conclude today's message, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 7 says, Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. That is how you and I will experience God's peace. Remember, when we go through this difficulty in our lives, when we think that there is no way ahead of us, when everything seems to be closing in around us, trust in Him. Because His peace will cover you. His peace will be there with you. His grace is sufficient. James chapter 5, verse 11. As I wrap this up, let me just read that. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. May these words encourage you. 
May these words remind you that no matter what difficulty you may be going through today, what tri whatever trials it is that you may be going through today, remember, He is working in you. And that He is by your side. And ultimately, He wants you and me to become like Him. To become the fragrance of Christ. I've asked Brother Job to uh, close this song which says, Your grace abounds in deepest waters. Your sovereign hand will be my guide. Where feet may fail and fear surrounds me, you have never failed and you won't start now. So I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace, for I am yours and you are mine. Shall we quickly close in prayer and then they can sing. Precious Lord, we thank you, Lord, for yet another opportunity in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for the reminder that you are with us. Precious Lord, we thank you that we can call you not just my savior, but also my friend. Lord, we lack in our faith. We lack in ourselves but we look to you Lord we trust in you because you are our everything and Lord we trust that you are still working in each one of us to become more like you to be refined of every sin that is there in our lives to become that fragrance of Christ to those that are around us precious Lord pray Lord that you will use us for your glory as we depart this week into our respective workplaces in our school lives Pray, Lord, that you will use us to become your fragrance. Thank you, Lord, for this day once again. We bring praises, glory, honor, and worship in and through the precious name for dear Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.